Hi, it's Mark Sinkowitz. Last month, I had the pleasure of attending the National Association of Plant Breeders annual meeting in Ames, Iowa. As always, I sat down with this year's Borlaug scholars to talk about their career, where they're headed, and why the Borlaug scholarship is of value to them. The NAPB Borlaug Scholars Program strengthens the plant breeding profession by helping support attendance of future leaders at the NAPB annual meeting. Mitchell Kent is working on his PhD at Texas A&M University, focusing on genomic prediction to screen for sorghum seed parents. We talk about his work, an important new study he just finished, and how he's trying to add more hours to the day. Enjoy our chat. Now, we're here in Ames, uh, Iowa, for the annual meeting of the National Association of Plant Breeders. You're a Borlaug Scholar. Congrats. Thank you. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, I want to talk about your work. You focus on genomic prediction to screen for sorghum seed parents. Now, for a layman like me, can you you explain what exactly you're doing and why it's important? Yeah, so there's a major issue that comes to sorghum. Um, so sorghum is a has complete flowers. So one flower has both female, female and male parts. Um, however, we grow hi- sorghum as hybrids. So we through a pretty intricate backcrossing method, we have to introduce uh, sterility to create females, male sterility. Um, so that takes a lot of time to do, um, several years. So we're trying to use genome prediction to pre-screen lines before we put them through the sterilization process. So that is um, pretty much the extent of my work. And how did you get interested in working with, with sorghum? How did that, of all the crops, how did that one sort of pique your interest? Yeah, it's a, it's a very funny story. I uh, grew up in Illinois, uh, pretty much spent my entire life there, um, never even saw sorghum. But my senior year of college, I was up in Champaign, and the winter was, 2017, was brutally cold. And so when I was looking for grad schools, I was looking for a little bit warmer places. <laughs> so I kind of just fell into uh, the sorghum program at Texas. So first day of work was the first day I ever even saw sorghum. <laughs> really? Wow. And you fell in love with it right off the bat. Yeah. Now you just completed a new study and you found that grain sorghums with waxy endosperm are no more susceptible to grain weathering than those with normal non-waxy endosperm. Again, for someone like me, can, can you explain exactly what you found and, and the significance of that? Yeah, so there's been, there are some specialty starch types of sorghums, and one of them is waxy. And uh, they haven't been widely cultivated because there's some concerns, um, primarily on some yield drag that comes with the trait, but secondary, the, they, there's a notion that they have increased weathering or increased disease. So the waxy genotypes the reason you, anyone would grow them is because theoretically they have, um, they're easier to digest, they're easier to turn to uh, ethanol and some other um, starch properties. Um, however, if they rot in the field, it doesn't really help you. Um, and it's been a belief for a long time that that's kind of an old notion. Um, maybe some old genot- some old waxy genotypes, maybe in the 50s and 60s and 70s had some other traits that were associated with grain weathering and they just so happened to have been in a waxy background. Um, so essentially I screened a group of hybrids, um, waxy, non-waxy, in some locations that had uh, pretty severe weathering. 
and found there was really no difference in the amount that the waxy or non-waxy weathered. And that'll be significant for, for the industry now that you've actually uncovered this. Yeah, it just helps to show that you can develop um, high-yielding uh, waxy genotypes that have secondary traits that are favorable to having less grain weathering. Before I let you go, is there one big challenge that plant breeders like you have that that you feel exists, and, and what can we do to, to make that better potentially? Yeah, there's one huge issue, and I don't know if there's anything we can do about it, and it's time. Uh, I feel like there's never enough time. We're always There's always, you know, uh, the crop I work in, we do three generations a year. Uh, so it's there's never enough time to get stuff in the field, let it mature, get it out of the field, get it shipped, you know, to another location. Uh, or if it's like a new technology like genomic prediction or drones, um, time's limiting. And I feel like that is by far the biggest challenge. And so you're currently working on a way to add more hours to the day. Yeah, in a way, you could say that, certainly. That would be an interesting <laughs> challenge, but that's a, that's a million-dollar idea. So for all the listeners out there, Mitchell yeah. Kent <laughs> is working on a way to add more hours to the day, and so you're, if you're successful, yeah. well, I'm sure we'll all hear about it because <laughs> I would love that personally. Yeah. Thanks so much, Mitchell, for your time. It was nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. For more coverage of this year's NAPB meeting, visit seedworld.com slash NAPB 2022. Thanks for listening.